Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We are focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. FRESH is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology for the modern employer, enabling flexibility and choice that flexes as employees' needs evolve. Bottom line, we create alignment between work and life to attract, engage, and retain top talent in today's competitive market. Our guest today is Jen Paxton. Jen is VP of People at Smile.io, the world's largest loyalty program provider, helping more than 90,000 e-commerce merchants reward hundreds of millions of shoppers globally. Her career has been spent building HR excellence inside startup organizations, and her role at Smile is no different. Jen is a passionate, energetic, and confident HR leader, and her many talents span the end-to-end employee life cycle. From recruiting to employer brand, from recruiting process refinement to onboarding and training new employees, from initiatives to cultivate company culture, to counseling employees on career growth and transition, Jen is a vibrant and agile leader at the forefront of the future of work. Jen, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I'm flattered by the uh, the bio that you just read. Oh, well, every word is true. So um, I, I'm happy to share it with the world. Thank you. Before we dive into the show today, Jen, can you tell us a little bit more about you and your work at Smile? I've been in the startup space for a little over 10 years now, or maybe even actually closer to 15 if I'm doing my math right. And it's been fun because I've gone to really small companies and seen them have great growth. So Smile is no different. I joined Smile back about seven, eight months ago at this point. And uh, the team was almost doubled in size by then. And we've grown a little bit more since then. We're also in 19 countries, which makes us very special compared to, well, I guess, with the size of our, our team now, we're on, like we're hitting around 60 people. And so to be able to support a completely globally distributed team has been a new challenge, but also has been so rewarding just to kind of get to experience all of that for the first time. Amazing. 60 people across 19 countries. That's like incredible. I love the diversity and just that global view that it's clear your organization needs to take as part of working every day. Here on the Fresh Takes show, we ask everyone the same five questions about the future of work. So are you ready, Jen, to dive in? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So, okay, the first question is, how do you define the future of work? The first word that pops into mind actually is flexibility. With work being so, uh, at least a lot of positions being able to be done literally anywhere around the world, you can actually offer more flexibility to the employees already, but also flexibility to your processes and your recruiting practices as well. There's also a lot of creativity that is going to go into it as well. So seeing the future of work and knowing kind of it is ever changing, you know, ever evolving as well. 
and knowing that you kind of have to have this creative spark in you to evolve with it and and kind of help with that whole flow. The idea that flexibility is part of the future of work makes me happy, obviously, like given given the business that I am in. At the same time, though, you know, I think back on the cookie cutter approach that it felt like work was before. And it's really been refreshing to see that evolve already. And I think you're right that we're going to see a lot more evolution there in super creative ways. So the flexibility and culture, two incredible points about, about where the future is taking us. Yeah. And I also think the other point I'll say along the lines of the flexibility is the human aspect as well. You know, we're way more invested, I would say, in, in supporting the human that is working at the company and not having them just be, you know, the person, the employee supporting the company. I think that's definitely kind of, you know, done a 180. Thankfully. So, okay, I'm presenting you with a magic wand and you can change any one thing right now about work life. What would you change? This is such a tough question to answer because I think there's there's lots of things that I would like slightly start to tweak at this point. But if I'm thinking about kind of work life, one thing I think I'd advocate for even more is additional resources for employees. I think there are so many, even like smaller startup companies that are starting to, you know, pop up that are allowing employees different ways to be supported. I actually just talked to a CEO that was doing bereavement leave and like, and supporting kind of uh, employees on their journey that way. If we could actually have even more opportunities for investment there on the resource side, that would be phenomenal. And then of course, I'm always going to say like, hey, can we invest more in your people team in the very beginning? You know, like, can we front load some of that? But that's a whole other wand. Yeah, as as someone who has built teams in the past, I know that you're probably like, some more help would be, would mean we could go so much faster. So that's a great one. And I think the support or resources for employees, the, the one you called out bereavement leave, so important on a number of levels. Like when you think about those resources, do you think it's more like programs or do you think it's more of the like being agile real time to address what people need in the moment or both maybe? Honestly, both with kind of the ever changing, you know, world and things that are affecting all of our lives now, HR can be very reactionary and sometimes we have to be. Um, but at the same time, if there are other things that we can do, like programming to be proactive, we actually just did a mental resilience program for our team, knowing that February was going to be a very tough month. You go into kind of the, I'm in New England. So like the winter blues start to hit you. And so if we could get anything, in advance of that to help employees to just even name it saying, Hey, we know that this might be stressful. We know that, you know, you might be feeling a little bit less than yourself or even your, your normal self on these days. Like here's some resources to give you. So I think there are still going to be those reactionary aspects of HR of kind of what is going on in the world and how can we start to support our employees in that moment. But also there are things that we can proactively do, like getting additional resources and programming together. So. I hate to say both and not give like one one or the other, but I feel like we have to kind of have both in our arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. So when we think about fresh and fresh take, so freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, which area are you seeing or feeling as the most pressing right now in the context of the future of work and just that evolving employer-employee dynamic? The first one I go to is empathy. 
I think that we are cultivating more empathetic leaders and employees are wanting, you know, more empathetic leadership as it is. Going back to kind of the human aspect that we have, we are trying to meet everybody where they are and also understand, come to us with what you need. We want to be that resource for you. We want to hear you know, what you have to say. We want the good, the bad, the ugly feedback. We want it all so we can do a better job to support you as a human. So I'd probably say empathy would be the, the first one there for me. And the resilience training that you just did, I think, aligns really well with that and helping people appreciate the human side of their colleagues, but also that themselves be forgiving and, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace, which is hard to do sometimes. I'm just south of you. I'm on the East Coast and the winter blues thing is real. It's like, okay, spring, spring needs to come very soon. Like we're, we're all ready. So seasons, if you're listening, please. Let's bring on, bring on springtime. Jen, I'm really excited about this question because I, I think you're very dialed into how people are leading right now. And I'm curious how you would advise managers today on how they can navigate with their teams. What can they do to support their employees, you know, be better managers in general? This is a tactical thing, so I might be going too deep. But one thing that I've noticed, and maybe it's because I tended to do this when I was a first-time manager, but instead of even opening with like, hey, how you doing? Like, talk a little bit more about your personal life. Let me get to know you as a person. I would dive right into the work. And that was my management style for a very long time. I was like, we just need to get some work done. It's great. Like, let's do this. And I always thought like the relationship side of it or the trust side of it would just automatically appear because like, I was listening to them and it was fine and everything. I learned very early on that I needed to spend more of my time getting to know the person that I was managing versus, you know, the work that they were doing because they're, they're directly tied. But the more that I invest in a person and just getting to know them and kind of what makes them them, you know, the experiences that have shaped them, the things that they have gone through, the things that they don't want to go through potentially. I think that helps manage them in a a more, I would say, holistic way than anything else. Right. So really also understanding probably what motivates people that are on your team so you can better lean into that as part of connecting the work you're doing to some type of purpose or motivation for your team. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and everybody, you know, even speaking from a startup experience, everybody joins a startup potentially for different reasons. And so uncovering kind of what are the reasons that actually drove them to join besides kind of, hey, you have a great culture or like, hey, I want to help many merchants or, hey, I want to do something cool. Like there's so many different pathways out there. And also I'll say that that can evolve too. When you're thinking about why you joined the company first versus maybe a year down the line, that could have changed now that you know more about the company, you have evolved as well. So it's one of those things that you as a manager would also need to talk about more than once. You know, don't just assume that it's going to be like stagnant and it's here because people are ever evolving and ever changing. So it's good to good to keep having those conversations as well. Definitely. That ongoing listening being so important. It's funny when you talk about your management style and it sounds like you've done a great job kind of flipping it. I'll say that I have a similar tendency of like, I dive into the business side first And then I'm like, then I'll be like, oh, so like, how was your weekend once the business is finished? And 
part of it, I think, is just because I'm usually so energized by the work side of it. I'm like ready to sink my teeth into it. As I realized that that was my tendency, I started to to talk about it as, and I don't know if this is even like PC to say anymore, but like, it's like a mullet. Like I'm business in the front and I'm party in the back. I start up front with the business and then we can move over to the party because I love to have fun and I love to understand and, and know people, but I, I sometimes can't even help myself by, by just diving into the business first. I'm laughing a little bit because your response made me think of my own style as well. How, yeah, I got to reverse mullet it. I'm trying to think of that. Like, is that the comb over? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's like flock of seagulls or something crazy. But yes, we'll have to come up with a term for that. I love, love that. it. Yeah. The final question I have for you today is around a company that you admire for their fresh take. The one that I think is ever present. And maybe it's because they just do such a great job getting their brand out there and their culture just out there on the digital scape is HubSpot. They do a phenomenal job. However, I'll also say that Help Scout has been great as well from a here's how we do this kind of thing and presenting a lot of their data. Those are two of the ones that I've been following a good bit. And then honestly, because we are fully remote, I've been following Oyster and remote.com a lot too because of just kind of their content that they release has been really helpful for remote teams. And then also, I think that, you know, navigating kind of this digital-only space can be very challenging when you're thinking about fostering community and fostering culture. So having an idea of, hey, what did they do? And did that work or did not work? And then thinking about, ooh, would that work here? Would that not work here? And maybe we try it and see what happens kind of thing. Probably too many companies to name, but those are the ones that I have been following. So many good ones, thankfully, that that really are taking some really fresh approaches. To summarize what you shared, a focus on the remote side of things has been really valuable for, for Smile, especially because you are a distributed organization. You Do you have offices at all? Or are you fully, fully remote? Fully remote. Yeah, we subleased our office earlier in 2021. Wow. So we are completely on that, uh, on that remote life. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then HubSpot, of course, also in New England, probably a neighbor of yours that that does an excellent job on culture and people. Jen, can you tell me from Help Scout's perspective, the data you, that you're talking about them providing, are they summarizing in an easy way for your team to digest so they, they have kind of clear actions or like what about their fresh take is appealing for you? One thing that I really admire is that they are proactively putting out their diversity index, kind of their diversity benchmark data. And it's not, it's not beautiful. You know, it's not like, hey, we're at our end goal kind of thing. Obviously, there's not an end goal, but like they're really honest about we're learning and here's where we are now. We'd like to get to this state over here and then maybe this state over here. But I really appreciate that they're putting out the real, the real data on it. I think everyone has a ways to go. Um, and again, it'll continue for forever on this end. But to be able to pro- provide that kind of data, it's almost, uh, almost like a guide for other, other folks as well trying to get there and saying, hey, here's the things that we're doing. Like they even put out their OKRs recently as well on the people side. So it was really great to see. Uh, and it's not just one of those things where they're, they're leading by example on a lot of, uh, a lot of initiatives on the, the DEI side. That's so great. The fact that they were vulnerable enough to say, we're going to put this out there. We know it's not where we want to be, but we're now we have this roadmap. Like we can say, here's how we're making that progress. Thank you so much for sharing about them. 
My pleasure. That brings us to the end of our show today. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. So good to talk, Jessica. I can't wait to chat again. (laughs) I know. I know. It's always so nice to see you and so nice to connect with you. If the listeners want to find you, what's the best way to connect with you or, or to find Smile? Message me on LinkedIn or send me an invite request as well. And then also, if they want to look at Smile, I would uh, go to Smile's website. So it's smile.io. And then they can connect with our team there or even myself. Awesome. Jen, thank you so much for sharing all of your perspectives today about the future of work. My pleasure. Again, thank you so much for having me on, Jess. I appreciate it. And thanks everyone else for listening in. Don't forget to stay fresh.